right, welcome back to episode four, track four of Triggers and Triggered a Discography. Today we're talking about Under Oath's They're Only Chasing Safety album out of 2004. Hey man, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, today's just been weird. I've been just out of it today. I had, I had to go to the doctors today. No, I felt the same way because I got to work today and the day kind of dragged on and then i after i left left work to go home i'm just kind of like i i don't feel great uh today's kind of been a cluster and all over the place and i've just kind of been scattered brain all day so i mean yeah, yeah i can relate yeah it was it was really hard get like just aggregating all my notes for this because i just felt like i can't focus anything so i, th- I think we're gonna have some comments on this album you you pushed back on this idea a little bit but i i think it's gonna be a quick episode just because I think we're gonna we're gonna share a lot of opinions about the individual tracks. So I had a, a couple things that I wanted to bring up before we got into the the album in depth today. Sure. What do you got for me, man? So first, I, I sent you this little brain teaser uh, over the week because I don't you know I write a little bit and I love stats. So I combined those two things and and I was just looking at the the distribution of letters in the English language. Uh, as one normally does, yes. Because that's a thing that's you know normal for me. That's in quotes, by the way. Normal. So, so I I wanted you to come up with an album that starts with a letter that's fairly rare to start words in English. So I said, come up with your your favorite album, or you know at least an album that you know that starts with J, K, Q, X, or Z. And I'm going to be it, honest, you gave me that task list to do, and either I don't know enough music, or I don't, or there's just not enough albums with those letters. Yeah, no, this was a very tough challenge for me. So I, I gave that to you because I thought, oh, this will be easy, I'll be able to come up with something myself, and it'll be, it'll be interesting. And then I struggled, so I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of any of my picks. I would like to know what you consider easy, because this was far from it. Yeah, I thought it was going to be, and then it, and then it wasn't. So, yeah, I'm gonna be completely frank. I have one for you out of what five letters? I have one. Yeah. So it's safe to say that I definitely failed this assignment. <laughs> no, I, I think I think you're gonna be middle of the pack here. I think a lot of people would struggle to come up with an album that they like that starts with one of these letters, just because of how infrequently these letters are used in common English words. So and so. You did manage to pick one though, right? You got you got something to talk about? Yeah, I mean, I picked one and I can't say much about it. I mean, I've listened to a couple songs off this album briefly. I am a fan of the band that I'm going to mention. Uh, but this was literally the only thing that came to my mind without doing a Google search, which I thought was cheating. So That okay, being so that being said, uh the only letter I could come up with was K and I gave that one to Seether's Karma and Effect album from 2005. Yeah, it's got got Remedy on it, right? Yeah, I I like that track. Yes, that's Remedy is a fantastic track. And as soon as I saw K, that's exactly the track that I went to. Um, But again, I I couldn't tell you the album front to back. Um, I know Remedy is a great song, but, you know, that might be one that I want to put on our list of things to review only because Remedy is such a good song that I'm interested in what the rest of the album is like. But yeah, K is the only thing I got for you. All right, I I've got three, and I'm I'm impressed. I'm similarly not enthusiastic about my three. There's there's one album where I like pretty much all the songs, but I'm not like I give everything on the album a six. Okay. Uh, there's one where I like one of the tracks. I like the single, the headliner single, and then I don't really like anything else. The headliner single is pretty good. And there's one that's going to be a little bit different than our normal genres, but I actually enjoy everything on it. There'd be some things on there that would get like an eight or a nine. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm going to start with the one where it's just a single. That, I mean, and everyone's probably going to know the single. The rest of the album is not like the single, so I'm not very enthusiastic about it. It's Judas by Fozzie. Mm, okay. Wow, I can't believe I forgot that one, to be honest with you. Yeah, so I mean, the re- I mean, the rest of the album's not like the single 
very much. The, the single's good. The rest of the album, I'm not enthusiastic about. Yeah, no, I would say that's a good fit for, for number J right there. So Number J, believe, nailed it. I can't believe that I forgot that one. But yeah, no, that's a, I guess, the, you know, like you said, that single really takes it, but everything else kind of lackluster. And then I've got, I've got a K as well. Okay. And I think you're going to be kicking yourself for, for not thinking of this one. Although it's not mm-hmm. something that I think you've listened to in years. But when I say it, I know you're going to recognize it. I don't know if people listening are going to recognize it. It's Kaboom by I Fight Dragons. I don't know that one. Yeah, you absolutely do. That Kaboom is the name of the album, right? Kaboom's the name of the album. If you okay. look it up, you're going to know on. the singles on it. Hold on. Let me. Now I'm intrigued. I Fight Dragons. Why does that sound familiar, though? Because it's crazies and the geeks will inherit the earth. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah, I literally haven't listened to that in so long. Yeah. This is the second time that you've mentioned a an album or an artist that I've just completely forgotten about. Uh Dead by April was the first one that you mentioned to me that I just completely forgot about that I really enjoy. So thanks, man. I'm I'm definitely gonna put this on my list of things you listen to after we finish this episode today. No worries. It's my job to keep bringing stuff up from 15 years ago. You do that really well. So you said you had a third one for me. What's this? I have a third one. Which I really I'm impressed like... because the remaining letters are not easy. It's a Z. Wow. I really like this band. <clears throat> I don't think this is their best album. Okay. I don't think there's anything super weak on the album, but I don't think it has the heights of their other, their other albums. This is Zero by Hawthorne Heights. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I'm a, I like Hawthorne Heights, but I can say that I probably have never heard anything from that album at all. Yeah, it's it's okay. If you like Hawthorne Heights, you're going to like this album, but I don't think anything's going to stand out to you. Huh, it's one of their newer ones. Well, 2013 newer, but... Huh, it's, interesting. Yeah, it's like post-success Hawthorne Heights. Yeah, I gotta be honest. Speaking of Hawthorne Heights, I'm probably, you know, the biggest fan of The Silence in Black and White, as most people probably are. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'll put that on my list as well because Hawthorne Heights is really good. And, you know, Ohio is for lovers. <laughs> I like, yeah. is it Blueburn's Orange? That's one of my favorite tracks by them. But yeah, man, this was a very tough project for me, so I'll take the F on this one. So, But I do like that, though. We'll keep this, uh, this project going we have here of, of rare albums. Well, we used up the hard letters. Now we'll have to come up with something interesting. I'll still fail it, though. Okay, well, I mean, got a lot of faith. So what else do you have for us? You said you had two things, right, before we get yeah, the second the thing, dive? The second thing's more of like a, a disclaimer, just to put up a little shield for ourselves. Okay. Because I'm, I'm kind of worried about how people are going to feel when we talk about the album. Because I think there are going to be people who really like this album that um, won't appreciate the things we have to say about it. Is that, well, is that diplomatic enough to say? Well, here's the best part about that. Well, when we created this podcast, uh, we used the name Triggers and Triggered basically for you and I, right? Yes. But I think it also fits as kind of uh, us in the audience, if you will. I can buy that. And so I think it we kind of did ourselves a justice by picking the name because we're going to say some outlandish things probably. And there might be someone who really enjoys this album, really enjoys this band. And they're like, these guys are just are they absolutely out of their minds? Are they insane? And so I think I think our name kind of shields us as a whole because we're either triggering you or we're triggering ourselves. Yeah, that's yeah. I can I can definitely see that being used as an explanation. Given that, I still want to say that our our ratings, the numeric values we give to each track, and then the the average, the aggregate of those that we give to the entire album. I, I don't know about you, but I'm personally, I don't think of that as an objective measurement of like the quality or the, the value that an album has. It's a lot more a measurement of how much I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely take, because yeah, I know you gave me a master list, and for anyone that doesn't know, Cam broke down 
in our own discussions a master list of how he ranks things and i kind of use that to rank my own because as most people will come to find out i either give it a 10 or a zero um so i try to use chem's master list of how to rank things just just so i have like kind of a or he can keep track rather of of my rankings of songs <laughs> and albums but for the most part my ratings will come from the the things i have to say about each song about each album and i just kind of based my ratings off of you know is it going to be on my like songs is it in a separate playlist is it just an immediate skip or you know is it just downright awful and i have i have no compassion for that song at all you know yeah so i mean i sent i sent this the descriptions to you I'd, I'd like to like read them off now because we've got we're you know we're a couple albums in people have heard what we've rated things and then the explanations that go along with our with our ratings i'd kind of like to give a sort of generalized key to go along with our at least my number ratings so yeah please i think i'm gonna start at 10 because i think i i have i want to ask a question of you about the low ratings okay so i'm gonna start with 10 a, a, a song that's a 10 for me would be on the short list for like the most enjoyed songs of all time it's I made a playlist for one of our mutual friends called Top 25. It's like I just picked 25 songs I thought best reflected like my favorite songs. Something I give a 10 to is either going to be in the playlist or it was like considered for the playlist. Okay. Something I'd give a 9 to would be something that I actively seek out to listen to. It's something that I intentionally like if I'm starting a playlist, it's going to be one of the first songs that I add. And I'll feel really bad if I forget about it. Something I'd give an eight to um, is definitely liked on Spotify. It's something I listen to regularly, um, but it wouldn't be one of like the if I'm making a five song playlist, it's not going to be one of those tracks. But if I'm making a fifty song playlist, it's going to be in there. Something that I'd give a, a seven to, I'd probably have I have liked on Spotify, but it's not something that I go out of my way to add to playlists or really go out of my way to listen to it's something that i'm very happy when it comes up naturally on shuffle but i'm I'm not going out of my way to listen to something with a with a six is something i enjoy listening to but it's not something that i've added intentionally to playlists i might have it liked i might not have it liked and if it comes up i'm content with it coming on but like i don't I don't really want it to. It's kind of a, a filler, a palate cleanser between songs that I really like. A five would be if I'm listening to a full album, I'm going to listen to it. If it comes up in like a mixed playlist made by somebody else, I'd probably still listen to it. But it's not, I don't have it liked and I'm not adding it to playlists, but I'm not skipping it. That's a four. A four is if I'm coming, if I'm listening to something by myself, and this song comes out, I'm 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 just gonna skip it. I know I don't enjoy it. I don't think there's a whole lot of value in listening to it again. I'm just gonna skip it. And then we get to the, the lowest three ratings. And these are the ones that I'm gonna ask you a question about in a second. Because I I think I'm gonna say my descriptions and people aren't gonna have the context to realize how much this means I dislike something. Okay. So a three would be. If I'm out in public, or if I'm at a party, if I'm at, over at someone else's house, and this song comes on, I'm going to look around to see if, if everyone else is vibing with it, and if, and if I should get up and skip it, because like, I really want to skip this song. This is not a good song. I actively prefer not to listen to this. But two is, not only am I not just thinking about it, I'm not gauging the room, I'm probably going to get up and skip this, or I'm going to like leave the room that I'm in to go to another another room in the house. Wow. And a one, now I haven't rated anything a one, because a one would be, when I was trying to come up with something that I would give a one, I figured the level of distaste something would have to generate in me to get a one rating would be if, if I'm at your house and this song comes on, I'm not I'm not turning it off. I'm getting up and leaving and deleting your contact information. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, that's completely accurate. You 
you don't like to give you don't like to give um very low ratings to things and that's definitely true so if you give something that low of a number you have extreme distaste for it and i can fully see you just walking out and going yeah no this sucks and because you played the song and it played at your place i'm i'm out i'm gone yeah i i just wanted to ask you like it for for the twos i i know you can picture me thinking about skipping something but for the twos and the ones, could you picture me getting up and turning music off at someone else's house? Um, could I see you doing it? No, but I think I could see you sitting there with the look on your face going, this is miserable. I'm miserable. I just want to leave. Yeah, that's and, and, and that alone would equate to the ones and twos and maybe even the threes. OK, yeah, that's. Because I, I asked one of our friends if, if she could see me doing that and she said that she thought she could she could see me skipping music at her house when she played it but like if i was at someone i knew less that it wouldn't ever happen i know i couldn't see you in that situation to begin with but (laughs) right yeah that's yeah okay so we've explained i guess i shouldn't say we i've explained my ratings there and and you read those descriptions that i that i wrote down and you said yeah that sounds fairly reasonable like that's that's an, a good approximation for how you feel as well or am i misunderstanding yeah no i tried to generally rate my songs based on your rating system um sometimes though i do go on the lower side only because if i don't like it and i think something is garbage it just immediately gets the lowest grade possible um yeah because i'm just not going to give it any sort of extra consideration if it's bad it's bad you tend toward the extremes a little bit more than I do. Oh, I absolutely do. So what would you say we uh, we actually get into the album that we're talking about today and we talk about it a little bit? Yeah, let me give, if I can, I'm probably going to steal your thunder here, but I did take some brief notes okay. on the album as a whole and, and kind of what it, the success <laughs> that the album had, right? Yeah. So Under Oath, they're only chasing safety album. Again, like I said, 2004, or in Kem's case, 2003. Apparently, that's, yeah, I'm just living in a different number system. So this album, by the Recording Industry Association of America, certified the album gold in 2011, right? And interestingly enough, I didn't know this, but this album was also nominated for a Dove Award, which is the award for best rock album, I believe, of like that given year, right? Okay. It didn't win. It was just nominated, but that's still a pretty high honor for a what we would call a screamo album, right? I was I wanted to I wanted to ask you about that actually. What is screamo to go with? I think see cuz I think screamo has a connotation nowadays that's a bit negative and not I don't even disagree with it in in this case. Oh boy, spoiling what I'm going to say later. But um, I don't know if is screamo what you would call it. I mean, I wouldn't classify it as rock. I would lean more towards screamo. Maybe I don't even want to say metalcore. Um, I saw yeah, it when I was looking over the album, they labeled it as like Christian metal, and first of all, I, I hate that. I absolutely hate that that's even like a, a moniker that something can get. Um, so I guess the, I mean, you're better at coming up with what things are, should be anyway. Right. Yeah. But, I would get metal out of there. It's definitely not, there's no, no metal here. Not at all. So I would say for the most part, this is a screamo band, a screamo album. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's how I would classify it. Okay. Cause I saw there was a description that I liked. And then there's a description that I think made sense in 2004 that doesn't make sense anymore. What's that? That's post-hardcore. There are a lot of descriptions of this as post-hardcore. And I think mm-hmm. in 2004, this was post-hardcore. But if you say post-hardcore in 2024, I don't think... I don't, yeah, I like I liked the 20-year... I like the numbers. They had to match. Okay, We're, we'll let that one go. Okay, so the album was released in 20, 2003 then? Is that what we're, that's what I wanted initially. Yes, we can. So Chasing Safety came out in 2003. <laughs> and this is the 20-year review of that album. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I think in 2004, calling it post-hardcore made sense because it had differentiated itself from a lot of the hardcore albums around at the time. 
but in 2023 this sounds a lot closer to 90s hardcore than it does you know 2010s post hardcore so interestingly enough what else that i found is that this album peaked at 101 on the u.s billboard 200 in 2004 right yep because it was labeled as a christian metal christian rock band right get metal don't even say metal get that out of here it peaked at number seven on the u.s christian albums billboard whatever that even means right yeah but here's here's another thing and this is might even be even crazier it peaked at number one on the u.s heat speakers albums billboard well, yeah, that's that's what the 200 is. The the oh, it was. I mean, it's not this way anymore. I think they changed it. But like, when this was released, it was only a top 100. And then Heat Seekers was albums that didn't make it to the top 100, and hadn't ever been on the top 100. And I there were more explains. strict re- requirements. So being 101 meant in 2004 meant you were first on Heat Seekers. No. Perfect, then. I guess that perfectly fits, then, doesn't it? One of the genre descriptions that I saw... I know you tried to get me to move past this, but I can't. Was melodic hardcore, and and I think that that fits. I want to call it, like, proto-post-hardcore, which would, you know, the two modifiers would just cancel out and you'd call it hardcore. But it feels... It feels different than the hardcore of the time, and it feels different than post-hardcore now. So, like, I don't want to call it either of those. So anyway. we're gonna default back to screamo then. Is that what yeah? We're... Screamo's fine. I just wanted. Okay. To, I just wanted okay. to say. I just oh, want to say. That, all right. You know, screamo has sort of like juvenile connotations, right? Like, I if you say something screamo, there's like a negative tinge attached to it. So I wanted to at least bring up other options to to describe this album. Okay. Well, the band appreciates your efforts. <laughs> they have the same said, members. I know this Under Oath changed members a lot. Back well, in the day. yeah. So from what I did in my deep dive here, it looks like the band in their early years, like you know, pre this album, I believe, is that the band had a lot of turnover, especially on vocals, right? Yep. And the guy who did this album, I believe, initially didn't want to be a part of the band. He only joined them on tours to be, you know, you know vocals, right? Okay. And so I think the band members have kind of stabilized since this album. So post um, oh, okay. their own facing safety, it's kind of stabilized more so. But yeah, I, I mean, that kind of... So then again, that brings into the question, so is pre-Under Oath with a different vocalist, can you compare that to post-Under Oath and say that this is the same band? Because I have a, a huge problem with bands changing vocalists because i think that you get two completely different sounds yeah and two completely different bands yeah they might be under the same name but if you have a different vocalist from your beginning work to your post work are you really the same band are you do you have the same identity i i would say in this case no their earlier albums don't really sound like they're only chasing safety and the stuff that came afterwards so in Under Oath specifically, I think they, they fundamentally changed when they switched vocalists. Well, let's see how it plays out then. Do you want to get into the album here? Um, Yeah, I think actually I want to have one more comment about, about their change in sound. Um, okay, what do you got? This album was arguably their most commercially successful album. The album that came directly after this, I think, was like it's in the same tier on the RIA. It's also gold and it sold in similar numbers, but like in 2004, when was the next album released? 2007? 2006 would define the great line. So in 2006, if you're buying an album in the first like two weeks after it's released, you're not buying that album because it's good. You're buying that album because you liked the band's previous album. So that album sold well because people liked this album. Right. I mean, no, I, I agree with you. And I would have to say that define the great line is a, a pretty good, maybe decent, 
maybe solid with certain songs album, right? And I think they do define the great line and they're only chasing safety have a lot of similarities. And I would agree with you. If you liked they're only chasing safety, right? And you thought that the majority of the songs were really solid. I think define the great line you purchased like day one. Yeah. And you really liked it because it does sound like a continuation of that album. Yeah. So that's, that's all I wanted to say. Like the, the album that came after this was as commercially successful, maybe a, maybe a touch more, but this was the album that, they changed their sound and they broke through. So this is the one that like in my mind defines under oath. With that said, let's get into the tracks. Okay. We have, well, first let me just say that. And from, from my research, this album only had one single. Is that right? That's what I saw as well. Reinventing your exit. Yeah, that's what I had as well. And when I saw that, I was actually kind of surprised because the previous albums we've done have had at least a couple, if not yeah. three singles. Sometimes like half the album gets released as singles and you're like, what yeah. the hell are you doing, dude? So I, th- I thought that was interesting, but let's start us off with track one from this album, young and inspiring or aspiring rather young and aspiring. Yep. Um, what do you, what do you have to say about this one, man? When I wrote my notes for this, all right, let me start with, I gave it a five. I think it's emblematic of the album as a whole. And when I wrote my notes for this specific track, I ended up deleting most of them because I felt that they applied to pretty much everything on the entire album. And they weren't, after I listened to all of it several times, I didn't think my notes on this track were, <laughs> I didn't think they were specific to this track anymore. So I didn't want to repeat myself a hundred times. I think this track the problems of the album, the things that I don't enjoy are present in this track. And they're not, there's not anything else to sell me on it. Yeah, no, I, I generally agree with you. I also gave this out or this song a five rather. And, you know, I like that despite, you know, it being a screamo and that's in quotes song, right? I said you can what other oath does really well with their screamo is that you can understand the lyrics, you can understand the things that are being yeah. said. Um so I gave them credit to that. Like their their screamo, despite being screamo, is you know recognizable. You can understand what's being said. Um so I like that a lot. I, I did want to mention that I really enjoy the contrast between their screams and their clean vocals. Okay. Um however, there's nothing in the song that blows me away. Or would make me want to seek this track out to listen to it. I think it's a very average track. Um, you know, I, there, there's nothing, and especially being the first track on the album, I don't think this. If I listen to this one song, right, and I had to make a decision if I wanted to listen to the rest of the album, I pass on it. Okay. Yeah. I just don't think this album has number one potential, and number one being you know the first track on an album. I just don't think that it draws anyone in that's already not a fan of Under Oath. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I, it's. I think the first half of this album is stronger than the second half, but like the first track, I, it didn't it didn't grab me. No, and and I'm big as we mentioned in previous episodes. Um, you know, the first track should be, you know, you that's what people are going to start with, right? So if I'm not already a fan of of your music, and I'm just picking up and I'm like, you know what? This sounds actually pretty interesting. Let me listen to the first track, right? Because if you go to, a, we'll say FYE, right? Sure. Yeah. Taking us way back to 2004. You're getting so some you Pokemon go to, cards? Absolutely. So you go to that store and you have this album, right? And you obviously don't know which songs are going to be popular. You don't know what their, their single is and what the hits are going to be, right? So you just start with song number one, Young and Aspiring. And I can tell you right now, you'll probably put it down and walk away. Yeah. Because it doesn't pull you in. I definitely, if I listened to the first track in 2004, I would have put it down. So that being said, let's see if they can salvage it. And let's go on to track two with a boy brushed red living in black and white. I don't know if this is going to be a spoiler or a surprise. I think this is the best song on the album. Okay. I gave it an eight. Wow. And I I think the the clean, like not even sung, but like almost just spoken word opening to the song. I think it's really great because it makes, it gives the song a chance to, to build up and it makes the screams that come after hit harder than they did in the first track because 
it's not as monotonous. It doesn't just become noise. There's variance enough in it that it the cleans help to like clean your palate and they, they let you the shorter duration screams let you grab onto it without being overwhelmed. Well, if I can be honest with you for a second here, right? Yeah. So way back in the early days, and I'm talking about the days where you and I were both very cringy kids, right? I don't know. You got to speak for yourself. I'm only cringy as an adult. <laughs> okay. Well, back when we were 13, right? I was about as cringy as you can get. Okay. And I distinctly remember making a Facebook status that said that this song is my favorite song and no one will ever understand why. And I can tell you in today's day and age, I have no idea what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> okay. L listening to this song, I'm like, why did I make that status? How cringy was I back then that I made that status and was like, people are not going to get it. I'm, I'm very edgy. You know, I don't know what the fuck I was meaning. So I do agree with you though. I gave this song an eight, right? I think it is certainly one of the best songs on this album. And that's backed up by the fact that it's Under Oath's most popular song on Spotify, okay? It's number one on the popularity charts for Under Oath with 61 million listens, okay? Yeah, I was, I was very surprised to find out that this wasn't a single because I knew it was popular. This was the song that I knew coming into this album. So I was very surprised that it wasn't released as a single. And I think if... You go back in time today, knowing what we do not do now about this album, right? I think if you put this song as the first track on the album, I think this album is far more successful, and I think it goes further for Under Oath than you know, Young and Aspiring. I would I would be interested in seeing those diverging paths. I don't know if it would make a huge difference, just because I think there's a there was a cap on the genre, and they kind of. They definitely approached the cap at the time. So Yeah, I mean, the Screamo genre really has a limited wingspan, or at least it did back then, right? Because like you said, it had a kind of negative connotation where like, if you listen to this kind of music, you're probably a troubled kid and you get into some some bad habits. So yeah, but I'm, I'm just curious to see what the trajectory would be like if this song was number one, because the difference between the popularity of this song and the number two song is almost what 25 million listens right yeah so this song is very successful but it's the number two spot anyway eight out of ten i think it's a really good song that leads us into the impact of reason at number three right yeah and unfortunately i think this song mimics young and aspiring to the point where this is what plagues the entire album interesting okay so, again, while I can praise the screams for being understandable, I don't think there's anything in the song to make it stand out. Yeah, you know. And then, let me just say even further, I'm not particularly fond of the way this guy screams. I yeah. just think it's atrocious. And so, I don't have much to say other than this is young and aspiring part two. And for that reason, it's a four out of ten. Interesting. I gave it a three. Wow, you actually, wow. I gave it a three. I really like the guitar in like the first 30 seconds. I like the trills. Um, that's it. That's the, that's, the, that's the list of positives that I took away from the song. I found it, see, I found it different than Young and Aspiring, and then I found it super monotonous. It felt like there was, there weren't any cleans in the first whole minute of the song. And then there was like 15 seconds of cleans. And then there were no more cleans in the rest of the track. So I just like, yeah, I don't enjoy the screams either. I actually want to say in regards to the screams, he has these shouted vocals that get interspersed occasionally in the screams where like he's ending a line of screams and it's like he, his voice cuts out and he shouts instead of screams. I really like those. I don't really? know if you want to go listen to. I don't have a timestamp to, to tell you to go listen to something, but I, I, I almost want to get your, your thoughts on those if I could find a spot. So I really like those and I like his cleans a lot. And yeah, I think the screams are. Eh. And this song is pretty much only screams. So like, I don't, it just doesn't do it for me. 
Well, if I can give you my my opinion to what you just asked, right? Yep. Let me answer that question for you with the fourth track, Reinventing Your Exit, okay? And as we mentioned earlier, this is the only single to come off this album. So honestly, again, I said this is probably the second best song on the album. Okay. Uh, it's the number third most popular on Spotify with 34 million listens. So again, it's a really solid track. I think there's a reason why this one and A Boy Brush Red, Living in Black and White are very popular. I think they have unique sounds, but they do both of those things really well. I think they have a lot of similarities that's not like the rest of the tracks that we've mentioned so far. Yeah. Um, And here's my answer to your question, right? The band does clean vocals so well that it's a damn shame that they do screams at all. Because I think Under Oath would be such a phenomenal band if they only did cleans because the guy the guy has such a good voice yeah and i'm just so turned off by his screams that i have no interest in it and again props to the chorus in this song it's really solid i'm a big fan of, of of good choruses and i think this one has it but again i'm so turned off by the screams that i just really wish they did more cleans yeah that's that's one of my repeating notes from the the whole album is like what dude can we just do some more cleans um i really like this track as well i think it's the second best track on the album but i think my you know my first track is a boy brush red so i we have a different top song did you what did you did you rate this an eight as well or i did i gave this an eight as well okay i gave it a seven and again i you know not to beat a dead horse, but this is a song that starts with cleans and it builds up into itself before it gets into the screams. So like, I like that. I kind of need that to get into his screams at all. Like to tolerate them, I need him to build up into them. And you mentioned that before in our previous episode where you need the build up. And yeah. you know, I'm normally the one who can go right into the screams, but I feel like his screams are just so jarring. So just, they throw me off the rails a bit. They're very that- harsh. Yeah, that I also want that lead up, or again, just not at all. But if you're going to have them in there, I'd rather you build it up and make that the smaller portion as opposed to the opposite. I have a thought that applies to the whole album, but I have a note on it specifically on this track. Okay. And it's, it feels like before they recorded every line in the studio, they would roll some dice and let whatever number came up determine whether they were screaming or doing harmonized cleans or regular cleans or they were going to mix in some shouts. Like It feels like they didn't make conscious decisions about what things were going to do. They just kind of randomly picked whatever felt all right at the moment. Yeah, that definitely feels that way because you have some tracks that are majority screams and not enough cleans, and or they just kind of do it every thirty seconds. Yeah, it feels like there are lines where, like in the middle, in the middle of a, a line of dialogue or a, a line of a vocal, they'll just change. Yeah, and I'm not. That puts me off because it's like, are you unsure of what part to do at this point, or are you unsure that it's going to sound good one way or the other? And so, so I said I liked A Boy Brush Red and Reinventing Your Exit because they're the only tracks on the album where I felt like the vocal stylization was chosen with intent. That every other track on the album, it felt random. It felt like you were just feeding samples into an AI and said, well, you know, just just pick one and mash them all together. And see, and that's, and clearly because of that, that's why these are the two most popular tracks. They're both, you know, number one and number three. Yeah. most popular and it's because it seems like they actually got it right they got the the perfect yeah. balance between cleans and screams and they just throw it into a blender and say good luck and <laughs> it really makes me wonder why because and especially because reinventing your exit is a is a single so you knew that that was probably going to be a, one of your better songs right yep. and so why why wouldn't you take what you did in a boy brush red and reinventing your exit and duplicate that for a quality album it's like they thought that those two songs sucked and they thought everything else would be good and they go let's just do this instead and i think that backfired immensely so i don't even know if you want to get into this one number five um the blue note and you probably already know what i'm going to say about this one 
I do have, surprisingly enough, extensive notes on this track. Interesting. I don't know why, because <laughs> uh, you already know how I'm going to feel. For anyone that doesn't know, the Blue Note is strictly instrumental. It's 51 seconds long. It's literally in the middle of the album. But again, I think that instrumental tracks are just lost on streaming platforms and in albums in general. Because unless you're doing some drastic change up in the way the rest of the songs are going to be, what purpose does it serve, right? Yep. However, that being said, the Blue Note literally sounds like I'm in an elevator in some hotel <laughs> from the 1970s, right? Yep. Or I sat there and I listened to it again just because I thought it sounded something like something different. And it sounds like I'm in a speakeasy and I'm trying to sneak my drink out the back door and not just get taken in by the police. It's a, it's the 1920s now. Okay. Yeah. And it's just like, why is this in here? Why? And especially the way this sounds, right? It's not like anything else. I get no, that it's, it's instrumental, but it's just what purpose was this supposed to serve? And so again, this is an immediate skip if I'm listening to the entire album, um, you know, but this might serve a purpose if the band is playing live and, you know, the band members are switching out instruments or this is what's playing as the band is getting set up initially. But again, that's not something you put in an album. Yeah, you can just you can just jam out in a concert. You don't need to have that on the album. Exactly. Like this doesn't need to be a named track on an album because now you technically only have nine songs as opposed to 10. So what did you end up rating this? Is this a four or this is a one really? Okay. Yes. I have no, I have no sympathy or regard for instrumental tracks on albums. I, I just think they're absolute shit. You want to be, you want to be really surprised. You actually like this, don't you? I gave it a six. Wow. A six. Uh, and honestly, if this was, if this was on an album that I enjoyed more, I would be with you. I would probably give it a three or a four, uh, on this album, my notes say the only time an interlude track will rate highly because it gives me a break from the rest of the album. No, that makes perfect sense. Now, that being said, can I just follow up for a second here? Yep. And can I say that if I was listening to simply instrumental albums and tracks and i just wanted some kind of background noise as i was doing other tasks right yeah this would be perfect yeah this would be absolutely perfect i even stopped and thought you know this would sound pretty good at the end of the podcast just kind of like to close things (laughs) out and play this you know decent instrumental track yep but again it's lost on me in an album i just don't see its purpose yeah i liked it because he didn't scream yeah. So. yeah his, his his screams are very good in that song so you know maybe i'll revise that one because there's no screams so that leads off right yep. that leads off to number six it's dangerous business walking out your front door and yep. what do you what do you have i am uh it's it's impossible for me to be biased about or to be unbiased about this song because one of my favorite tracks of all time, oh boy, is a mashup that takes this song and January 1979 to produce Dangerous Business Since 1979 by the Legion of Doom. I uh, would put that, that track like 11 out of 10. Special shout out to the days of RuneScape music videos. Yes. And that song specifically. I so wish they could get that mashup album on Spotify because I would have a million listens to it. So this is one half of that song. Yes. So I can't hate it, right? Like, well, (laughs) here's the thing. Here's the thing, right? Yeah. It's a three out of 10. Okay. Okay. You know, again, the screaming is just so bland and -hmm. it does nothing to make me excited to listen to the song. Right. Yeah. But uh, the other problem that I have with this and why it's rated so low compared to the others, right. Is that I thought the cleans just sounded whiny in the song. Mm. And and I'm just kind of like, I have no desire. Like he, they failed on both fronts. 
And then again, like you, I'm like, can I just get the Legion of Doom, please? Yeah, that's because that's really the issue. That's I think that I don't know if that song, that remix ruined the original for us, but that one is just so much better. It definitely did for me. Um like we like we talked about in episode three, it's like listening to the old day to remember stuff and then listening to it once it's been when they when they revisited it in for those who have heart. It's it's like listening to a song, the rough draft before they went into the studio, and then listening to it after they came out of the studio and it was mastered and an audio engineer polished it. Like it's I think this I okay, I gave the song a six. I think it's okay. I'm not gonna skip it if it comes on, but like it's just it's the worst it's the worst version of the song. Yeah, I I really wish the Legion of Doom version was what was on this album. Yeah. And like you said, I wish this this one, the actual song, was the rough draft copy that you get if you bought the album and it's B-sides. Yeah, the, the bonus <laughs> studio sessions version. The bonus track, but surprise, it's junk. Well, so we'll leave that one as is, and we'll go into Down, Set, Go. And this one surprised me, man. Okay. It surprised me because, as I've mentioned this entire time, I'm not a fan of his screams whatsoever, right? Yep. Neither of us are. But they surprised me in this one. Interesting. And the cleans in this song are much improved from It's Dangerous Business Walking Out Your Front Door. I agree. And I really wish they did more cleans and far less screaming, but, you know, here we are. the, The album already exists, so who cares, right? Yep. And then I also noted that this song, or at least when I was listening to it the few times that I played it through, right? It sounds like it has kind of like a more upbeat, faster tempo yeah, compared the, the, to the other songs. And I like that a lot. I don't want to go back to Dangerous Business, but like one of the reasons I love the Legion of Doom version is that it's so much up-tempo. Yeah, the, I think the up-tempo mixed with the screamo works really well. And for that reason alone, this is a 7 out of 10 for me. Interesting. Okay, I, I give it a 5. Okay. I don't think it's bad. I liked the guitar on this track felt crisper. I don't like it felt like they switched out microphones for the guitar. And like it it was just cleaner. It was easier for me to listen to. It um, also sounds like they swapped out drummers to one who was more excited <laughs> to play, but <laughs> maybe did a line in the bathroom between tracks or I certainly hope so. Uh, yeah, I had, I had a similar thought in that uh, the cleans on this album, this track were good. And that because they were actually on the track, they, they made the track better. Um, the acoustic section, like two thirds of the way in, I, I really liked, and then was immediately let down by the outro. Like the outro killed it for me. This would probably have, I probably would agree with you given this a seven, but the uh, dude, the outro was just so it it dragged and it wasn't interesting for me. And well, the problem with that is that it, I think a lot of problems carried over into the next two songs, okay. at least for me, right? So after Downset Go, which again they got me, okay, they got me. I gave it a seven out of ten. I'm like, you know what? I like the cleans in this one a lot. I like his screams in this one, which is surprising, right? And then we get to I don't feel very receptive today, and which is funny because I don't actually today at all. Um, but I got to this song, and I was listening to it, and I'm not exaggerating when I say the following, because this is exactly how I feel about this song. It sounds like I'm in a 96 Camry with blown speakers, and it's just bone-grinding screams with no <laughs> substance. This song is just absolute garbage okay i'm talking blown speakers i got a flat tire and like there's a knife in my arm it's just so bad there's something wrong with the engines you've got to crank the music so you don't hear the clanks exactly and i got a boot on my back tire so i don't know what i want to listen to more the boot clanging (laughs) on the pavement or this song and i guess i probably should have said that i had sausages because is that the hot take of this episode is that hot house no, I think I think on this episode, on this on this album, I think your only hot takes could have been saying that a boy brushed red or reinventing your exit were bad. I think those are the only two songs that you could have hot takes on because they're the only ones that are still relevant today. Actually, let me back that up. We do have some sausages on the grill today, right? Okay, and it's I w- coming up in a track. I d- I didn't have any, so I I all right. 
and we'll just say that they're mild Gianellis, right? Yeah, I because they're still they're still on the grill, but they're mild Gianellis. I didn't, I couldn't come up with anything spicy at all today. Like we got, we've got white bread to come in for me today. Could go for some white bread right now. So, I, I what did you rate this? Because I, I based on your description, if I was rating it, I probably would have given it a three. But based on your description, you probably gave it a one. What did you? What is your actual number? Um, just because zero isn't on the scale. <laughs> okay. All right. This is a one. Okay. I I have no desire for this song whatsoever. And actually, now that I say that, the instrumental version doesn't deserve to be a one because it's better. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that was my opinion on the instrumental version. Is like, I don't have to listen to the other tracks when listening to the instrumental version. So it's pretty good. I get. I gave. I don't feel very receptive today. A four. And I said, uh, great title. That's the high point. The guitar yeah, change at, at 45 seconds made me think that cleans were coming, but but they weren't. They, they weren't coming on this track. No, and you want to know what's even worse? Is that just when I thought this album had hit a low point, <laughs> it, the band decided to follow it up with the next song. And they... Uh, before we get there, please. Like, like I don't feel very receptive today. The outro really dragged. And I know you've heard me complain about that on like probably five or six tracks by now, where I I just go, well, you could have tightened this up and chopped the last thirty seconds off, and no one would have noticed. But which is which is crazy because as I looked at the uh, play times for all of these songs, right, they're up there. Yeah, they're pretty a, quick. Yeah, a lot of them are three and a half. Some are at the four mark, right? And it's like if you're gonna extend a song to the four minute bracket, you gotta either have substance or you just need to cut it back. Don't just drag it on for the sake of dragging it on. What's weird is that the tracks that I liked were the longer ones on this album, which is very abnormal for me. But. I'm going to read this verbatim from my notes about the outro on I Don't Feel Very Receptive today. Oh, boy. Buckle in. And this is going to be surprising. Oh. The outro is so goddamn long, (laughs) but I don't care because it's better than the actual track. Wow. I, I guess I got to put more sausages on the grill then. I didn't expect all this hot house right at the end. I was not receptive to not being receptive. Yeah. Properly named. Properly named. And then, like I was saying before, they followed it up with probably the worst track on the album. I'm Content With Losing is the name of the track. And now let me tell you, the band, yeah, that makes sense. The band is probably content with losing because <laughs> what the hell was this track? Okay. Yeah. Again, I'm going to reiterate. If I could rate it a zero, I would. I, this whole song just sounds like a mess. The vocals That's, are all over the place. That is my exact notes. Is it the, it the constant barrage of multiple vocal tracks and super distorted guitar make it really difficult to hold on to anything. It makes it difficult to process the amount of information, the amount of noise coming at you. It's just a goddamn mess. It's it's almost like he was doing a warm up for his vocals, but the sound studio was like, "Oh no, no, no let's record this. This will be a, this will be the ninth <laughs> track, right?" And they kept it in because what in the hell did I just listen to for three minutes and fifty five seconds? Because this is a disaster it of a just, song. It's just too much. There's just too much going on. Like you could you could I think you could make it work for fifteen for thirty seconds of it of a like an intense moment in another track, but you can't have a four minutes of this. It's just too much. And so they had back to back bad tracks of what I would argue is a pretty bad album overall. But but uh, go ahead I, please, I have please. one more one more thing to say with I'm content for losing. When I was making my notes, by this point in the album I was mostly making notes to uh, find some enjoyment with myself. And so I said, harmonizing cleans with screams now. Why can't we just have cleans? Please, I'm begging you. 
<laughs> no, I completely relate to that because, again, as I mentioned earlier, I think Under Oath would be such a better band with more cleans. And you don't even need to get rid of all of the screams, right? Yeah. You can you can put them in like your two most popular songs. Why didn't they mimic those two songs? There's a reason why those two songs are your most popular. It's because you figured it out for two songs out of ten and then decided to scrap that whole ideology and just go with shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I give I'm content with losing a three as well. I think it's it's the it's definitely tied for the worst song on the album, if not the worst. The the title makes absolute sense. I'm content now, with losing this track on the album. Now let me tell you something. These sausages are ready, man. Are you ready for this? These sausages I'm are coming off the grill now. Interested to see which direction you're going in. So let me just tell you, as I mentioned before, and as anyone listening will probably know by this point, I am big on titles. Big. Okay? Some will seek forgiveness. Others escape. I specifically wrote down in my notes, this track gets bonus points because of that name. Hmm. Okay, I like that name a lot. I wrote the most about this track. Okay, interesting. I think this is a beautiful song. This is a fantastic, wonderfully done song. It's much lower than anything else on this album, right? But I think it's a perfect way to end this because I think this is this explains exactly what I've been talking about. The dude can sing really well. The cleans are good. He's got a beautiful voice. This track is phenomenal. Okay. And I just, it just, it just sucks that it took them 10 tracks to finally deliver on what I wanted to hear in this album this entire time. Right. Right. It's like a slow lullaby that ramps up briefly towards the end. I mean, it's not just all slow, right? There is a portion towards the end where it just, he kind of goes back to that streamo portion, but then it kind of falters off right at the end. But I don't think that takes it takes away from the song at all. I, I think this is the perfect track. And I'll be honest with you, man, right? These might be mild Gianellis, but this song's a 10. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't want to, like, shit on your opinion. That's why we're but, here. But uh, I gave it a 4. Yeah, I don't... And, I, you know, that makes sense. Because I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think... And I think if you listen to this album liking Screamo and liking Under Oath, you'll probably not like this song at all. So here's what but, I said. Please. I said, I don't like this track. I want this track in 30-second segments in every other track on the album. Wow, that's a good take. I don't want this as a, 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 a song by itself. I want pieces of this to break up the shit that's in every other track. I I didn't I didn't dislike it, but I don't think I'm gonna ever listen to it on its own. I don't think I'm ever gonna listen to the full album again. Absolutely not. Um. So I don't I don't I don't know if I'm ever gonna listen to this track again because I don't. You're big on titles. This title didn't do it for me. I very much liked the titles of the two shit songs. Those resonated with me. It's too bad the songs were shit. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of their tracks have good titles. Yeah. Right? They did titles well. The problem is that the titles, while being good, are beaten down by the fact that they butchered a majority of this album. Yeah, it just doesn't... The, the screams just don't do it for me. So again, I mean, I originally rated this song an 8, but I liked the title so much that it becomes a 10, just because I hold a lot of value in title names. Because, again, it, I feel like it adds to what I'm listening to when I listen to the song. I think it adds a layer of the story to it. So I, I really enjoyed this song. So with that being said, now that we've gone through all 10, do you want to do final takes on what you thought about this album? Yeah, I, um, I wish there was more of the shouted vocals because they, they, they slip through occasionally, but they're, they're really rare. Um, the cleans are outstanding when they're used, but they're never used. And the screams are just too sharp and harsh 
and intense in comparison to a lot of the instrumentation and and there are real jarring leaps sometimes from the cleans because the cleans are so pleasant that the screams are even more harsh yeah so i resonate with you there you know i think the album has a couple brief high points very brief mind you but i think they're drowned out by what is largely a very disappointing album I mean, to me personally, the screaming just sounds like it's nails on a chalkboard, and I wasn't impressed yeah. with anything that I heard. I mean, I've I'm I'm a fan of of screaming music, and I love what I call quote unquote dirty vocals, but this guy sucks at it. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me. What did that, you go on? What did you give this overall? How did how did it rate? So overall and unfortunately i, I kind of want to go back and revise my my rating for the blue note but i'm just going to leave it as is yeah uh the album overall comes in at a 4.8 okay a very very underwhelming album but i did put a a note a kind of a sidebar if you will that this album if we had done this podcast 10 years ago yep would have rated much higher because younger me liked loud music regardless of how it sounded or you know the songs in general i just liked loud music to drown out all the other noise and i would probably wager that 10 years ago i this probably would have been at least a seven overall Interesting. If, not, if not higher but now that i've kind of changed my music taste and i, I like you know different things it's a 4.8 and i mean it does have high points but for the most part this album it's brought down by all the other anchors. So I think, I think this is the closest we've come on a rating because I've given it a 5.1. And I have a very different, I, I think my rating is higher, significantly higher than it would have been 10 years ago. I think 10 years ago, I would not have been receptive to, I would have just, I like I would have heard the screams in the first song and I would have turned it off. And that yeah, would have been I, that. I feel like you and I have gone the opposites with, if, you know, in some regard of, of what we liked, you know, 10 years ago, as opposed to what we like now. Um, but yeah, again, and I made a note. So this album, obviously at a 4.8, if I could recommend anything to anybody, and if they're going to give this album a shot, I say don't because you can go with, with Sayosin's self-titled album, you can go yeah. with Silverstein's When Broken is Easily Fixed or okay, Discovering see. the Waterfront. I don't like Silverstein's When Broken is Easily Fixed. I think that's Silverstein's, at least old Silverstein's worst album. I haven't listened to a lot of their newer stuff. I would still say it's better than this. And or, In my head, they're comparable. So I'll have to listen to that to have a better opinion. Or if you wanted to even further, go with Senses Fails, Let It Enfold You. Because all of those albums bring more to the table for the genre yeah. than what this does. And it just, I just think it's a complete flop. And, you know, that's, that's it. At the end of the day, that's a complete flop. It's a 4.8. Does anybody care? Probably not. But, you know, at the I don't think even this, we do. No, because at the conclusion of this podcast, I don't think I'm going to listen to this entire album again. I took the songs that I like from it, and I'm going to listen to those. But for the most part, I think this one is is a shipwreck in the yeah, sand. I, I would say listen to the Legion of Doom mashup and then that's the only thing you need to listen to from this album. Um I don't have any specific album recommendations. I I'll just throw some band names out there that I think if for some reason you liked this and you want other stuff like this, my first thing to say would be find anything from before like 2005 that's labeled post hardcore because it's going to sound like this proto post-hardcore it's going to sound like the in-between of hardcore and post-hardcore but in terms of bands i would say i don't know if you've listened to them glassjaw i i think you have i think people are going to be upset if we don't mention their name at some point okay i've definitely heard of them i've listened to a few tracks and then i would throw out i don't know thursday Dance Gavin Dance and I Code Seven. Dance Gavin Dance is a is a solid solid mention right there. Uh, but overall, 
I don't know. I because I didn't enjoy it, it's hard to make strong recommendations for other things that sound similar to it. Yeah, this was a tough one, but you know, I kind of I kind of like throwing in albums that you know, we're probably not fond of, but at the same time, I do enjoy the fact and I, I, what I like about this podcast is I was telling to um one of the people that I work with, right? I was speaking with him at work today. Shout out Dixon Ames, right? And so I was talking to him about, you know, kind of why we do this podcast. And uh, a big reason for me is I'm listening to a lot of bands that maybe I have listened to before. In this case, I'm familiar with Under Oath, right? Yeah. But I, I can say that I've, in the last 10 years, never listened to this entire album. And I don't think, actually, now that I say that, I don't think I've ever listened to this album in its entirety. So I can say, you know, a, what I love about this podcast the most is that it, it makes us listen to albums in their completion when we probably wouldn't have done so before. And, you know, I find songs that, you know, didn't give any thought to and that I really like, you know, like track number 10. Yeah. Humble Seek Forgiveness. That's I've never heard that song before. It's a 10 out of 10 for me. So that's what I really like about this podcast is that we do this deep dive and, you know, we walk away with sometimes songs that we add to our playlists or, you know, just just knowing that we gave the album in completion, a, 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 you know, a full shot, right, is 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 really rewarding for me. So, you know, regardless if it's a four point eight and we never come back to this, I'm I'm glad that we took the time to listen to this album because, like you said, it's iconic. Whether I agree with that or not, I'm I'm glad that I still listen to it. Yeah, it's it's I you know especially the album art that the the mask on the person's face that was everywhere fifteen years ago. Absolutely. I just that was it's going to be showing up in my playlists again anytime soon. No, not at all, unfortunately. But hey, you know, I, I'm going to walk away with, what, four songs that I'll probably listen to at some point, and we'll close the chapter on this album, man. Um, any final thoughts before we kind of send this one off on its on its voyage? No, I don't. I don't think I've got anything more. I think we've beaten this album to death, and I think there are probably going to be a couple people who are upset with how we treated it. Well, hey, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, that is triggers and triggered, whether that be you, I, or the audience. We're glad that you're here, and we're glad that you're frustrated with us. Stick with it, though, because it's probably going to get better for you, or worse, but you never know. Changes by the episode. So, yeah, man, I think we'll close this chapter on episode four, album four of Under Oath's The Only Chasing Safety. Um, What do we have Next week, I, I'm not entirely sure based on our schedule what we're doing for album number five, but maybe we'll leave that as a mystery. Actually, don't even answer that question. You know? Oh, I've got an I've got an answer. If you wanted to, no, no, no. Let's just keep them guessing. Let's just keep everyone guessing, including myself, and we'll see everyone back for week five, album five. Okay. That being said, this is triggered and triggered. Wait, triggered and triggered? You're triggered. Everyone's triggered, and this has been Kevin Schmeef. Mm-hmm.